Welcome to the Improvement Imminent Podcast. I'm Philip Weigel, here with my brother, John Michael. Together, we set out to create a better program that can bridge the gap between gyms and help more athletes improve their fitness. Each week, we ask ourselves, what can we do better? And we challenge each of you to do the same. Our mission is to share our knowledge from our nearly two decades of experience as CrossFit athletes and coaches to help you approach each day's training with more purpose. Hey everybody, I'm bringing you another week of the Improvement Imminent Podcast. Now, our schedules have been quite busy and Jim Michael and I were not able to meet up this week for this recording, so I'm flying solo again. I'm going to continue what I started last week with a brief overview of what the week looks like, followed by some more detailed breakdown of each day. So let's get that going. On Monday, we are going to have a mystery workout. Uh, I can tell you a couple things. One, it's going to have running. It doesn't have a lot of lifting or other movement in it, and it does have a decent little amount of running. So if you want your running shoes, bring them. Uh, two, it's uh, one of the girl workouts, and it's not terribly long, so something that everyone should be familiar with, and if you're not familiar with, it's time to become familiar. After that, we're going to do a little uh, little ab work, um, some flutter kicks, good stuff. Tuesday, we're going to press heavy uh, and follow that with a two-segment AMRAP, both being seven minutes with three minutes of rest between them, so pretty high-intensity work there. On Wednesday, we're going to slow things down a little bit and drag out a 20-minute alternating on the minute wad that has some some uh, high heart rate spikes as well as some high skill movements or maybe even some strength movements depending on who you are and where you are. Then on, that was Wednesday, so Thursday, more strength work. We're going to throw in some back squats because it's been a little while. So we'll get under a barbell, and then we're going to really ratchet that intensity high as we do some intervals on ski erg. Then finally on Friday, we are going to have uh, a little bit more pressing work, a little bit more strength, uh, and then we're going to do a workout that involves a lot of barbell moving and a couple different machines. So it'll be good. You'll hear about it here in a couple minutes as I talk through it. Finally, on Saturday, we're working with a partner, and we're doing another interval-style workout where one person's working for 30 seconds, and then they rest while the other works for 30 seconds. So you're going on that 30-second on, 30-second off rotation all the way through a workout that has a 25-minute cap. So let's get to the details for Monday. I can't tell you all that much. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a mystery. But the workout we're doing, it's got running in it. So again, be prepared with your appropriate footwear if you uh, need running shoes to do a little bit of running. Uh, And be ready to go pretty hard. It's not a terribly long workout. Uh, I've seen it done in seven minutes before. Most people will probably be closer to 10 but uh, or maybe even a little over, but it can be done quite, quite short or quite fast rather. So be ready to go hard. After that workout, we're going to get on the floor and we're going to do five rounds of 30 seconds of flutter kicks. We're going to try to hold some weight out in front of our body. Um, it could be a bag of sand. It could be a plate. It could be a barbell. Basically, we're holding it straight up like we just did a bench press or like we did a floor press from, uh, from last week. 
and then we're gonna flutter our feet. And when we do those flutter kicks, we really wanna engage that hollow. I want you guys trying to press your lower back into the floor, not pull a big arch and pull everything with your hip flexor, uh, but instead create that hollow curve by crunching the abs in and working really hard to squeeze the abs in the butt. So five rounds of that, 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off. Just a little bit of finishing work. The real focus, though, is going to be that Mystery Monday workout. I want you to go really hard on that. That's a big effort. We should be trying for a PR. It's the first time doing it. You definitely get a PR, so set a good, high-quality one. On Tuesday, we are going to be doing some strength work. We're going to do five sets of five on a strict press. Now, with those five sets of five, we want to ascend and load if possible. We're going to start at around 70% of our one rep max. Um, not too far out, we're going to be maxing out our strict press again. So you're going to see it two times in the program this week. right? What we're doing Monday shouldn't tax the shoulders much at all. So they should be ready to lift aggressively um, and, and move that heavy weight really well. You should be able to put up some significant weight for those five sets of five that we're doing. Once we get done with those, the workout, I said it was two seven-minute AMRAPs with a three-minute break between them. It is seven minutes of five power snatches, 10 front squats, and then 15 deadlifts. The weight is quite light, 95 pounds for guys, 65 pounds for ladies. So there's no real excuse to step away from that barbell. It's just about picking it up and and doing reps again and again and again. Seven minutes is not real long. Mm, that's going to that's gonna hurt pretty bad, but it needs to if you want to get what we want out of this workout. It's a high-intensity bit of work. Then you get three minutes of rest, and then there's no barbell in the second segment because we're doing a seven-minute AMRAP of burpee box overs. And we're going 20 inches tall for ladies, 24 inches across, and the guys, they're going to do 24 inches tall and 20 across. Uh, so the shorter way across a standard box. Burpee box overs hurt. Uh, it is definitely possible, though, to do more than 10 a minute. Uh, it's possible to hold right around 15 a minute if somebody's really booking it. With this movement, I strongly recommend you take a look at your footwork. If you're taking a lot of extra steps, you're using extra time and you're wasting extra energy. So if you can simplify and cut out one or two steps, you will actually get probably a couple more reps done in that seven-minute window, maybe several more reps done depending on how big and clunky those steps were. Um, Definitely found that out for myself. Simplifying things makes them go a lot more efficiently. And this burpee box over, it's got a lot that could go wrong, Uh, but also a couple places where you could really hone it down and make it go right. This is the workout this week that we welcome you to wear a weight vest if you wish. The barbell is light. You're moving your body. Uh, Just be careful with that box over that you are definitely jumping high enough and we don't end up becoming injured because we caught our foot and shinned it on the box. Um, Yeah, if you want to wear that weight vest, wear that weight vest. Seven minutes on, three minutes off, seven minutes on again. That's some high intensity that you should be pushing in each of those seven-minute windows. So get in there deep and get uncomfortable. That's where we make progress is in that that place where comfort is lost. On to Wednesday where we're going to do a 20-minute alternating on-the-minute workout. Now, you guys have seen this one before. Uh, It is one of my staples that I've used a lot in my training. It really helped me to develop more skill and confidence with my muscle-up. So I want you guys to have that opportunity as well. 
Now, if we don't have a muscle up, then we'll substitute some pull-ups. Um, we could even substitute some pull-ups and some dips. I'd be okay with that. We need to build the components to get a muscle up. Uh, and those components take take time and work. So remember that. it's not You don't just get a muscle up because you try a lot. You get a muscle up because you've gotten strong enough and you have a good enough kip and you have a strong enough strict pull-up. And all of these things come together. And hopefully once you get on top of the rings, you can press out that dip. That's what's going to give you the potential to get above the rings and actually execute a muscle up. So make sure that you don't neglect the pieces. Right? So this workout is... 20 minutes alternating on the minute. The first minute, you're doing somewhere between 15 and 25 wall ball shots. The second minute, you're doing one to five muscle ups, if possible, and those are intended to be on rings. If we need to scale that, we can do three to seven strict pull ups. We could do two to three pull up negatives. Uh, we could do some of the rounds with pull-up negatives or pull-ups. We could do some of the rounds with dip negatives or dips. It's it's kind of all the building components, right? The second minute is your skill work or your strength work. The first minute spikes your heart rate nice and high. Now, I have done this many, 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 many times with 20 repetitions on the wall ball shot. I have tried it three times, I think, and failed to complete it with... 25 wall ball shots. Uh, I'm not the best wall ball shooter out there. I've definitely got people who can shoot wall balls faster than me and uh, and more continuously than I can. So it's definitely possible. Maybe somebody is, is game to try out 25 shots on the wall ball. But ideally, those wall ball shots are going to stay unbroken. Uh, we're not looking to break it up into a bunch of sets. We're trying to do it in one big sweep, giving yourself maybe... 15 or 20 seconds at the end of that minute to then breathe and transition over and put chalk on your hands and then attempt those aggressive gymnastics drills. Uh, Again, minute one spikes the heart rate and hurts. Minute two, you got to calm everything down, focus in on a high level skill and try to execute it well while your system is already under a lot of stress. I really like this. It's helped me so much in achieving a more complete, uh, more complete athleticism by having better muscle-ups and understanding how to do them when I'm fatigued. I've also used it with rope climbs. I've also used it with uh, handstand push-ups, both kipping and strict. Um, I've also used it with toes-to-bar. I've used it with a lot of things, spiking everything up on that first minute and then trying to slow down and be accurate on the second minute. Doing all that work can really open your eyes to what you're capable of. Please be smart and scale it accordingly so that you can get something out of it and learn to move better. After we do that, uh, we've got a little post wad. We want you guys to get upside down. Spend some time working on your handstand and handstand walking. Um, and do some mobility work on your shoulders. So do a little bit of upside down time. Then get on a lacrosse ball and grind through your uh, your thoracic spine and, and all those muscles around your shoulder blade. And then get upside down again and see if that change that you made in your tissue helps at all with being better positioned or more confident in that handstand. Then get on your lat and roll that out and just keep going, right? 10 or so minutes just playing around and working on mobility between the sets. All right, hopefully you guys have fun with that and uh, hopefully we start to see a little bit more success, right? The open is... I think it's only about 30 days away now, and 
it's pretty likely to have handstand walks. It's almost definitely going to have handstand push-ups. But the last two years, we've seen walking on our hands. So it's it's quite likely it's going to show up again. And we want more of you guys to be prepared to get to do that, right? We've we've always had to earn it, so it's been tough. You have to be quite fit to get to the point where you do start handstand walking in those workouts. But we want you to be ready to handstand walk if you get there or when you get there. All right, let's move on to Thursday where, as I said, we're going to back squat heavy. Uh, back squatting heavy looks like four sets of 10. So no, it's not the heaviest, heaviest back squat, but it's pretty significant squatting, and it's in here for a specific reason. Uh, well, actually, a couple specific reasons. One, we haven't back squatted in, in a little while. Two, we just did a lot of wall ball shots the day before, so those legs are likely to be a little bit sore, a little bit tender. We're going to try to do a 10 rep max for the day at least. It might not be your 10 rep max of all time, but a 10 rep max for the day. In those four sets of 10, we want you to start at around 60% of your one rep max on a back squat and then ascend. Um, it's probably not going to feel the most comfortable the first two sets. Hopefully those two sets really loosen you up and warm up your legs so that in the last two sets, we can attack and hit some heavier weights. Uh, it's I found it's very good in training to do things consecutive days, not always, but often, because the body the body gets used to always getting a day off when it did something hard. And if it does that, then it doesn't really understand that work keeps coming its way, and it might be the same thing, right? If I have to run today, I might have to run again tomorrow. That, that could be real life. That could be real life in the wild. That definitely is real life in the wild for animals. And they are, they're phenomenally more capable and they can tap much deeper into their given potential than we can. So often our minds get in the way of our own abilities to perform. So back squatting again, let's see if we can loosen things up and then actually hit some pretty heavy weights. I, I definitely know it's possible. So I want to see that you guys uh, find it's possible as well. Once we've done those four sets of 10 on the back squat, we've got some intervals. Um, we're going to allow you to either ski or row. It's your call. And we're doing 10 sets of 250 meters on the machine, uh, followed by one minute of rest. With that minute of rest, you are not going to get to recover all the way. You're going to get to recover most of the way to be able to repeat the effort. Uh, this this is one of my favorite pieces to do because it, it hurts really bad. The intensity that you have to put out for that 250 meter row or ski is massive. It is, it is almost a sprint, but it's not a full tilt sprint because if it is a full tilt sprint, you will, you will not be able to recover. And about three rounds in, you will, well, if you're really sprinting all out, you'll probably find yourself puking in a trash can. So this is kind of a really high intensity yet still calculated effort where I would say I, I feel like my, my effort is in the 95 plus percent range where I can recover just barely to try to repeat that effort again. Whenever I do these and whenever I program them for you guys, I want you to shoot for negative splits. And what does that mean? That means that when you finish 
your first row, you should look at it and say, all right, my next row is going to be the same or, or ski. It doesn't matter. My next effort is going to be the same time or just slightly faster. Now, because we're doing 10 of these, I would say you should try to do two of them in a row at exactly the same time and then shave off one tenth of a second for the third one and then keep it the same for the fourth one and then shave off one tenth of a second for the fifth one and keep it the same for the sixth one. Because if we're trying to shave off a tenth of a second every time, we're going to be going significantly faster. A full second faster on a 95 or so percent effort might not be possible. Or it might just mean that you started a little bit slow if you do achieve it. And this is a tough one to gauge. Um, I, I'm lucky to have done it several times. <laughs> well, I'm going to call it lucky. It hurts every time I do it. But I'm very familiar with it. So I know exactly where I can start and then barely succeed at shaving those tenths of a second away. Um, I want you guys to try to find that line for yourself. If you go too hard and you kind of blow up and that score goes backwards, that's okay. Try to learn from it. Write it down. Remember it. Because we're going to do these sorts of intervals again. We've definitely done them prior to now, and you'll definitely see them in the future. One minute of rest between them. Uh, if we have so many people, which is quite likely, and we need to share machines, then you're just going to use your partner as your rest. Most people are going to be doing this between 45 seconds to a minute and 10 seconds. Uh, and that means that you're looking at about a minute of rest if you're using a partner. I would say use a partner who's pretty close to you in terms of capacity because if you're working with somebody who's very different in their capacity, uh, then they're going to suffer way more and you're going to get too much rest uh, if you're the strong one and, and they're the weaker one. So it's, it's one of those things that works better if it's with somebody who's on a similar playing field, on a pretty level field with you. Right, Friday, I said we were doing strength work again. We're going to press again. Now, the day before, we didn't press anything. So hopefully those shoulders are fresh enough to hit some heavy sets of three. We're doing seven sets of three on our strict press. And with those seven sets, we want to ascend from 80-ish percent of our one rep max. And it's probably not going to be a lot of ascending, uh, but definitely seen people do sets of three in the 90% range. Um, if we've gotten stronger with our press, hell, you might be able to hit your previous one rep max for a set of three. That's definitely not that unlikely. We're doing those seven superset rounds with the press and a 10 to 30 second L hang. An L hang is where I'm hanging from a pull-up bar and I've got my legs elevated up and out, my toes pointed at the wall, and I'm rocking an extreme hollow to own that position. My lats are engaged and I'm working like crazy to keep my legs parallel with the ground. If we can't quite do that, we can bend the knees and just have the knees uh, up so that our, our femurs, our upper leg bones or our thigh is parallel to the ground. That works. If we are a little bit stronger than that, then maybe start doing one leg out, the other leg bent, and then alternate them halfway. Now, 10 to 30 seconds, I want you to try to go pretty hard and pretty long on your first round. If you can get 30 seconds, awesome. Your second round wants you to do the same. By the third round, it's pretty likely that you're going to have to break your effort into sets. If you need to modify the effort and scale it down and do fewer seconds, 
that's cool too. What we want is a good, solid attempt, and I'm okay with two or three sets. I really do like working it in little broken bits so that you can hold better quality, uh, but I want you to feel like you're getting something out of it. So we're all a little different. Um, be up there and work hard, and whatever that means to you, make it happen so that you feel like you've made something out of yourself with the training for the day. We're going on a three-minute clock, which gives us enough time to rest and recover because the heart rate's going to spike pretty high doing those L-hangs. Uh, be careful. Try not to hold your breath. Try to make sure you're still breathing while you do them. When you get done with them, you get that rest, and then you go back to your bar. Maybe you've added weight. Maybe it stays the same. You've got another set of three strict presses. All right. Pressing heavy, holding our body. The workout, it's got a 17-minute cap on it. It's got all three of the Concept 2 machines, the Ski Erg, the Rower, and the Bike Erg. Now, the order that you use them in is up to you and your coach and your class uh, because the more people we have, then we'll have to be on a very strict cycle where five athletes start on the bikes, five athletes start on the rower, and five start on the Ski Ergs, and they have to rotate in this manner so that nobody has to cross paths. That's fine. Let's make it work. Right, communicate with the people around you. Make sure you're listening to your coaches. They should be directing the traffic. And then let's get through this thing. You're doing 50 calories on a machine if you're a guy and 40 calories on a machine if you're a girl each round. So after your first machine work, you're going to go on to 10 bear complexes. And remember that a bear complex is a clean or a power clean that we then ride a front squat with. Then we have to take that bar up and overhead. So I like to use, and I recommend that you use, a thruster or a thruster jerk sort of thing, kind of one of those, those morphed movements. Then we bring the bar down on our back, and we go through a back squat before driving it up and putting it overhead a second time. Again, I use sort of a thrustery jerk thing, but off my back this time. The weight we've prescribed is 115 pounds for guys and 80 pounds for ladies. You should be able to move quick singles on this. Uh, 10 bear complexes is probably going to take everybody the better part of two minutes. If it's taking you three minutes, you might have too much weight on your bar. You might want to take some off. We are going to spend probably about three minutes on the machine to get through those calories in each of these segments. So two minutes on the barbell, that gives us the potential to finish this workout in around 15 minutes, and we've got a 17-minute cap on it. So I guess I should continue explaining the workout. It's 50 calories or 40, then 10 bear complexes. Then you do that again on a different machine. 50 or 40 calories, the same 10 bear complexes. Then one last round on your last machine that you haven't done yet, 50 or 40 calories, and then your final set of 10 bear complexes to finish. So like I said, if it breaks down with about three minutes of machine work and roughly two minutes of barbell work, which I think is pretty possible for a lot of people, then we're looking at a 15-minute wad. We've got a 17-minute cap here, so choose your weight wisely, right? We've got one more day. The last day of the week is going to be Saturday, as always, uh, at least the last day that we are going to have a program written and discussed for. And on Saturday, like I mentioned, we're going to be working with a partner. Your wad is four-time. It's got a 25-minute cap on it. You're going to complete this workout by alternating the working athlete every 30 seconds. 
So I'm going to work for 30 seconds, then my partner works for 30 seconds. And we keep bouncing back and forth all the way through the 25 minutes. You basically want to sprint because then you're going to get an equivalent rest to the amount of time you just spent working. Um, maybe sprint's the wrong word. You want that high 90% effort, right? This is a big push and then a nice break and then a big push and then a nice break. Got to communicate with that partner too so you don't lose track of where you are and end up doing the wrong number of reps in this workout. So here's how it goes. 100 dumbbell snatches. We're alternating our arms. We're using 50 or 35 pounds if we're doing it prescribed. Then you've got 200 meters of an overhead dumbbell carry. Now, we're going to take this outside to do. Uh, With your partner, you need to travel. So if I'm carrying the dumbbell, then Fred's coming with me. At the 30-second switch call, he takes the dumbbell, and I continue going with him. Right, We have to stick together so that we can make those transitions and keep our dumbbell uh, aloft and keep moving. Once we get done with those, we're going to hit 100 goblet squats with the dumbbell. Then we do a 200-meter carry again overhead. Then we do 100 dumbbell box step-ups. That's just one single dumbbell, just like we did in the open and just like we did last week. You can put it wherever you want it. You can hold it like a suitcase. You can put it on your shoulder. You can put it on your back. You can hug it like a baby, whatever it is. You do those 100 reps, and then you do a 200 meter carry again. Then finally, we've got 100 dumbbell push presses. With those dumbbell push presses, you may do whatever you want in terms of changing arms. I strongly recommend that you keep things pretty even. Um, In 30 seconds, maybe you find that you can knock off 10 reps each side. Awesome, that keeps you nice and even, that's easy to count, hand it off to Fred, it's his turn to work. Okay. If you need to do fewer reps or if you need to transition arms more frequently, then do it. Do what works for you, but make sure you're not just lopsiding yourself by only using your right arm because that's my good arm. Right? Even things out, get better overall. After 100 of those, the last bit of this workout is a 200-meter dumbbell carry overhead. Again, your partner comes with you. You need to be ready to transition If you're still running and 30 seconds has flipped, well, change the hand, get that other person on the dumbbell, and finish the wad. So that is a 25-minute capped workout. Uh, I spaced it out, did the math, and I think it can be done. If not, then, man, you're going to work hard for 25 minutes, and you got to make sure you communicate well with that partner so that that dumbbell is always moving, right? That should be your goal. There's never any rest time in this wad. The dumbbell's always being moved. Right. Well, hopefully you guys like this coming week as much as I do. I'm pretty excited about it. I'm looking forward to getting after these workouts. So John Michael and I will for sure see you guys in the gyms.